Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mr. Matt Faust is going to be bringing a word this morning. And I, um, I've not met too many people that have been as fiery for street evangelism as Matt. And every day, he's like got a testimony of somebody he went up to, a perfect stranger, talked with, regardless of the outcome. I mean, he's had some, he's had some, you know, a couple of them that didn't go that hot, and he hasn't let, uh, let it stop him. He keeps going. And um, I, the Lord put it on my heart to have him speak a few, a couple of weeks back, and I asked him if he could put an outline together and be ready to preach. And then last week, after I spoke, um, I was like, it's time, and I called them, and I said, hey, can you, can you preach this Sunday? And I know it's Mother's Day, and this, I don't, this is probably not going to be a traditional Mother's Day teaching. I just want to give you a heads up, but it'll put a fire in you. And, uh, and what was funny was he was just telling me that he was taking notes uh, from last week, and he was like, I've got to speak next week. This will fit perfect. So, um, yeah, no pressure. Come on up here. I'm going to pray over you. <laughs> Yeah, not yet. And this is uh, this is Matt's second time ever to speak. So I love watching people come up here for the first and I guess second time for you. So everybody, extend your hands real quick. We're gonna we're gonna bless him. God, if he says anything wrong, I'll hand out his email. Now, Lord, I just bless him. I welcome him into into the house. Everything, Father, that's on your heart, we say just let it fire full throttle. I ask that there would just be a fire that would fall, Lord, as he speaks. Lord, that just that fiery, purifying repentance would come. Lord, that there would be a hunger um, in our hearts for holiness. And, Lord, to, to be awakened from slumber and to begin to charge hell with a water pistol. Lord, that we would absolutely have a hunger for the lost. And so thank you in advance for what you're about to say through him. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Can you hear me? Okay, it's working. <laughs> um, yeah, my friend Richie Seltzer, uh, the Lord really awakened, started awakening me to a new level of relationship with him probably six months ago, and I probably started agreeing with it probably four months ago. And Rachel is really funny. The Lord really just put some fire in my heart, and Rachel and I were out to, to lunch one time, and I told the whole restaurant that Jesus loved him, and Rachel took off running out of the door. <laughs> um, no, but I, I had a couple, um, a couple encounters where 
I went to preach the gospel to somebody, and man, did it fall flat. <laughs> it fell really, really flat. But I called uh, Richie. Um, he's, we've only been friends a short period of time, but it, I, I really love the guy. You know, you've got to get around people that make you feel uncomfortable, right? Or else you're never really going to grow. So I called him. I went, man, last couple of times I've tried to preach the gospel to somebody, it has not gone the way that I hoped, or I sounded dumb, or they didn't agree with it. And he goes, man, any good evangelist has a good blooper reel. So anyways, it, it made me feel better. But then there's those times where it goes well, which is what it's all about, right? And it's actually, it's not our job to get anybody saved anyway. It's not our job for them to say yes. It's our job to preach with our mouth, right? Okay, let me see. I have like five pages of notes here, and I don't know how I'm going to do that. I'm probably just going to have to figure this out. Um, so today is 5, 10, 20. And I, I just believe 5, 10, 20 in Mother's Day, I just think it has a prophetic significance. I just think that the Lord is going to, I just think the Lord is going to burst something in all of us, and I think He's going to multiply not just this church, but His church. Um, I think the Lord is calling us back to something. So I'm going to read this prophecy from Bob Jones. That's what I wanted to start out with. Um, so bear with me, and then I'm going to get into more free flow preaching. Okay. <clears throat> Does everybody know who Bob Jones is? Okay. <laughs> That's probably not good. We'll have to talk about that later if nobody knows who Bob Jones is. Okay. God has been laying the foundations for a temple that can hold any building. It's a round temple built out of living stones. They are pressed up against one another to where there is no opening. There is no trouble on earth that can penetrate those stones. That temple is being built right now, out of many of you. The purpose of it is Ephesians 2.22, so that he can cohabitate with you. The Father wants to cohabitate with you in the Spirit. The revelation that is going to come is going to be of the Father. The Son came to reveal the Father. The Holy Spirit came to reveal the Father. And now it's time for the Father to come to reveal the Father. Inside that temple, no demon can survive. You who are part of that temple have nothing to worry about because that temple will always be. The Father is round, no beginning or end. Neither will there be an end to you. This is now. This temple is getting higher and higher, and it will be an open invitation for the Father to come down with the greatest signs and wonders that you have ever known. It's your time. We start out, this is important, we start out by believing, and out of our belief comes faith. And then we start obeying Scripture because of our faith and belief. And obedience leads to righteousness. What does that mean? It means that when you pray, you get an answer. When you ask of the Father, He responds. When you are righteous and begin to live righteously, your next step is sanctification. When your imagination is sanctified, the next thing that happens is holiness. I've been taught that it's impossible to be holy. And that's simply not true because God wouldn't have told you in Leviticus 19.2 to be holy because I am holy. So we are getting ready for holiness to come. Holiness is the greater work of authority. The enemy will not be able to stop this because this is what the Father wanted from the beginning. Things are changing. So I read that word because I just believe that we're in that time right now. Um, you can take this as a prophetic word, but I will say that the greatest move of God is coming, but it will not be in one building or in one place. It won't. It, it's going to be rooted in holiness. 
It will. Um, it's going to be through the temple of God, right, which is our bodies. Um, okay, so, oh, yeah, I don't want to miss this. I personally believe that right now we're in a Matthew 3.12 moment where God is cleaning the threshing floor, right? He's separating the wheat from the chaff, and he's separating those who say that they are Christians, right? Or those who are Christians, sorry, excuse me, to those who are Christians in name only, right? You may have heard that term Republican in name only or a Democrat in name only. Well, there's a lot of Christians in name only, and I've been that. (laughs) Probably six months ago, I was a Christian in name only. I didn't really do what the Lord said to do. I didn't re- even read the words, so I didn't even know what he said to do. Um, so I feel like almost everybody I talk to knows that something is happening right now in the spirit and that things are changing. And a lot of people have, there's prophetic significance behind the year and all that stuff and a lot of different prophetic words. And I, I have faith that those are real, um, but we have something to do with it, right? We do. Okay. So in Matthew 28, Jesus said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. Okay, so if Jesus said, All authority has been given to me, right? Go make disciples. How come we're not seeing it? How come this church isn't overflowing? How come the, ch- the church in general is declining on a global scale? I think the biggest question is, why are we not doing it? So the Lord showed me something, this was a, a while back, but um, that this generation has been given more to it than any other generation in the histor- history of the world. Right? We have more impartation sessions, we have more teachings, we have more Bill Johnson books, Chris Valentin books, any, any great leader. We have so many books come out every week of, to equip us to do things with the Holy Spirit. And we have more knowledge. I mean, literally, you have an iPhone in your hand or a smartphone. You have more knowledge. You have all the knowledge of mankind at your fingertips, right? So here's the word. That, that is extremely, extremely dangerous because you're, he- you're held accountable to what you've been given, and if you've been held accountable to what you've been given, and you've been given all knowledge of mankind from all time till now, and you've done nothing with it, every one of you is going to have to stand before God. Everyone. Non-Christians and Christians and have to answer to that. Okay, so who wants revival? Raise your hand if you want Revival. Okay, I want everybody to participate in this, please. I want you to raise your hand if you have preached the gospel to a stranger in the last 12 months. Okay, look around. That's probably maybe a third, maybe. Wow, I didn't even think it'd be that much, but that's awesome. Okay. That's not okay. That's dangerous, and I'm, I'm not, I don't want to be arrogant in saying this because six months ago I didn't do this. I would, go, I would go to people and I would pray for them, and I would have random acts of courage, right? But it wasn't a lifestyle of mine to ever preach the gospel. So it is not Justin's job to preach the gospel, and it's not an evangelist's job to preach the gospel. It's the children of God. <laughs> if you call yourself a child of God and you don't preach the gospel, you're a Christian in name only. I mean... I was, and 
it comes out of a, a lifestyle which we're going to talk about, but I, w- I don't want to miss anything, so hold on. Okay, so there's a lot of excuses for that, by the way, right? Like, well, some people, well, I'm a different part of the, of the body of Christ, right? I, I'm meant to uh, disciple, or I'm meant to lead worship, or I'm meant to do this. That's not true. That's a lie, okay? We are all children of God first. Well, I'm a prophet. Oh, well, I'm a, I'm a teacher, or I'm this, or I'm that. Your gifting has nothing to do with your identity, Okay, your, your gifting is there to empower your identity. Your gifting is there to open doors when you preach the gospel with your mouth. Okay, um, or else Jesus wouldn't have said it, go make disciples. And you don't, again, I want to reiterate this, you don't have to get people saved. You can't get people saved. It's impossible. It's their relationship, their private relationship with God. Only God can judge your salvation. And it comes through private relationship with him. It doesn't come from... I'm a big believer in that you can confess Jesus with your mouth one time and be saved. The guy on the cross next to Jesus did. But what I do question is that can I mumble a prayer underneath my breath one time on the street and never talk to the person ever again? Can I do that? Can I really? I'm just going to leave that there. But, I mean, it's like getting married and you say your vows, but you don't ever talk to your wife again. Like, do you think, do you think that the Lord, that's okay with the Lord? Okay, so God is taking the gospel from the pulpit to the streets. He's tired of watching Justin and every other pastor preach the gospel every week to saved people. Jesus came for the sick, not the healthy. And you might say, well, there's a lot of unhealthy people in here. Well, the Pharisees he called healthy. And they were pretty unhealthy. But he said, I didn't come for you, I came for the sick, the people out there. And if we're going to see the greatest revival in the history of the, of the earth, right, it's going to be through every single one of us. Literally, I went to Culver's the other day. The Culver's people know me really well now. <laughs> but there was this young girl I could hear on the intercom as she was taking my order, and my wife and I, that's our ice cream of choice, or custard of choice. So um, I've gotten used to trying to preach the gospel to them through the, the window. But um, so I decided I'm going to do it through the intercom because I'll have more time and it'll be in the person's ear. So I tried to talk to this girl and I just, it wasn't necessarily like, guys, it doesn't have to be something weird. Like, now, can you just say Jesus loves you and get away with it? I think you should engage people if you want to have a a greater reward. But literally, I I tried to talk to this girl and I got a word of knowledge. And actually, I was questioning whether, like, I know other people that get words of knowledge all the time and I don't. I was questioning with the Lord, you know, do I walk in words of knowledge? Do I have that ability? And I just was like, I don't ever hear it. That's because I didn't ever do it, right? So I'm praying for this girl through the intercom, and I just got this word of knowledge about how she needed to feel the Father's love, right? She just needed it, and I, I could tell she was younger by her voice. And she told me it made her day, and then I get up to the drive through window, and I'm just being nice, and I, and I decide to pray for her, but you have to engage and ask questions. They'll tell you everything you need to know. And I said, is there anything I can pray for you for? And she said, my, my parents are really doing bad from financially right now. So I don't know that this is true, but my heart felt... In my spirit, I could feel that, I mean, if a dad is, doesn't, isn't providing, he doesn't, if a dad doesn't feel like he's a good provider, they're normally not a very nice person at home. So that's just simple. Anybody can do that. It doesn't have to be this crazy, hey, stop you, or stop somebody on the street, which you should do, right? But it's, who can't, what if the, every single car that drove through there told that girl that Jesus loved her and prayed for her and told her how much the father wants to have a relationship with her and he's excited for her she's like literally crying because somebody just said it and it, I, it has nothing to do with gifting 
I didn't do anything. All I did was open my mouth. I mean, and, you know, even I'm getting ready to preach this Sunday and, you know, nervousness comes over everybody, right, or whatever, but I'm, this, this feeling, this unholy feeling of, oh, it's somebody else's job. Okay. So Justin literally preached on this last week, but here's where I want to go to a different level with it. The reason that two-thirds of you are not preaching the gospel to people, to strangers, to anybody, telling them the love of God, is because you're compromised in your life. Okay, you, you are serving other things than God. You are. So I had a dream in October before I was even walking this lifestyle, and I had a dream where the Lord said, what he, or he, he, I saw myself preaching, which I never want to do again. I preached one time <laughs> 10 years ago, and it did not go well. <laughs> but I was, was young and didn't really know the Lord. I thought I did. Um, I said in my dream, what you set your eyes on, you will become. So we're compromised to a, compromised to a lot of different things. I'm going to tell you right now, there are people sitting in these chairs right now that are compromised to pornography. That's a fact. There are people in here that aren't alcoholics. There might be some, but there's people in here that aren't alcoholics that are compromised to alcohol, that have a habitual thing with alcohol where they drink multiple times a week and they, and they, they do it more than they pray privately with God. I don't think alcohol is a problem at all, but when you have a habitual thing with something, like maybe Netflix, knock and the door will be opened. That is the truth that Jesus said. If you knock on the door of your TV, it's going to be open to you. I mean, the, we have to come into the private place with God and seek God. Okay, three different scriptures. Second Peter 2.21 It would be better to not have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and turned our backs on the sacred command, command that was passed down to us. Revelations 3.16 So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. 1 Corinthians 10.21, you cannot drink from the cup of demons and the cup of the Lord. You cannot take part in both the Lord's table and the table of demons. I'm telling you, we are partaking in the table of demons. We are on a consistent basis, and we wonder why when we go pray for people, nothing happens. And we wonder why whenever we go preach the gospel, we we carry zero authority. Zero. And then we want to cover it up with, well, it's the grace of God. That's true. God's grace is so good. But Justin always says it. Authority is proximity-based. That means you come close to God and you start walking in a greater authority. Is it because God said, okay, now they've come close enough to me. Now they can walk in authority. That's not it. That's not it. It has everything to do with your conscience. If you're compromised by something in your life, your conscience is, is seared. And you aren't, you're no longer thinking about the authority that you have, you're thinking about the, you're, you're actually bowing to the spirit of fear because you're compromised to the spirit of, I can't do that. I'm, un, I'm unworthy to do that, right? Jesus said, I have justified those who are being sanctified. There's two, there's two sanctifications that happen. There's the sanctification of the soul and then there's the sanctification of the mind, okay? The battle for the soul is one, but the battle for your mind, the Bible says, is ongoing, That has everything to do with you. It's like there's two veils. Jesus tore the veil of the Holy of Holies, but we haven't torn our own veil and our own heart to to bring Jesus into our Holy of Holies, our most secret place. 
<sighs> a house divided cannot stand. Okay, so Jesus drove the money changers out of the man-made temple of God. Our God is so good, and He loves so much, and He's filled with mercy, and He's filled with grace. But you cannot use grace as an opposition to God. And if God drove out the money changers in the temple of God, how much worse is it? How much worse does He feel when it's our own temple, the body of God, the body of Christ, our own temples when we walk in sin. Jesus came to upgrade the standard of holiness, not to downgrade it. Yes. Okay? In the Sermon on the Mount, he said, I tell you the truth, if, if, if you commit adultery with a woman, you've heard it, that you're under judgment. I tell you, if you even look at a woman with, with lust in your eyes, you've committed adultery with her in your heart. That upgrades. That, that means, it, but, but we can't, there's nothing you can do to achieve that, Right? It's rooted in Christ. Christ gave you the ability to walk a holy life. You don't walk a holy life to salvation. That's not out of your salvation and your new creation, you become holy and you walk holy. It is possible and it's a lie if anybody wants to think otherwise. Jeremiah 30 says, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will bring my people Israel and Judah back from captivity and restore them to the land I gave their ancestors to possess. We have been held captive by compromise. But the Spirit of God is here and He'll restore us. This is, I don't know, it's either an A.W. Tozer or a Walter Marshall quote. Oh, I had a dream. This was four months ago when the Lord revealed compromise in my own life. Right? And I, I am not perfect, but I, I've definitely made such change. I mean, I used to walk in stress and anxiety. I didn't sleep well. I didn't dream well. I never preached the gospel in the streets. I might go lay hands on somebody because I believe in the gifts, right, and try to pray for them, but never, ever did I ever stop and try to teach somebody or tell somebody about the Lord or love them well. Um, so the Lord revealed this in my own life, and it is not easy, but it's what's right. So compromise will not go out painlessly. It will not lie down, and I put compromise in here, I will not lie down and die obedient to it will not lie down and die obedient to our command. It must be torn out of our heart like a plant from the soil. It must be extracted in agony and blood like a tooth from the jaw. It must be expelled from our soul by violence as Christ expelled the money changers from that temple. We must not give in to the wailing of self-pity, one of the most reprehensible sins of the human heart. How can we cry out, "We want revival, God. We want revival." but we haven't positioned ourselves in any way whatsoever to receive it except for coming to church once a week. Like, if you want revival, I promise we can have revival right now. Right now we can have revival if we will open our mouth and submit our flesh. But out of the abundance of the, the heart, the mouth speaks. So what is your heart abundant with? It's abundant. Is it abundant with compromise? Or is it abundant with a seeking of God privately? Okay? That is the most important thing we can do. Okay. I want to say this one thing again. I want to go back through. Um, okay. So if authority is the reason, and we, we don't walk in our authority, let's walk through this. We, from our belief in Jesus Christ, we develop faith. And out of faith, we become obedient out of our obedience, righteous living comes. From this, we become sanctified in our mind, and it's renewed. We develop a clear conscience, 
And out of that clear conscience, holiness is the result. The foundation of authority. Why is holiness the foundation of authority? Holiness is the foundation of authority because the greatest form of faith is not seen. Okay? Anybody can have a, I walked it, can have a random act of courage and go pray for somebody out in public. Okay? Might be a little bit of faith there. The greatest form of faith is the private seeking of God that you get no credit for, that nobody sees. It's a personal relationship with God, and it's, it's denying your flesh. It's denying having that drink every night or every other night, or it doesn't matter, to, to relax versus going to the Lord. I've walked that. It's <laughs> instead of watching your TV every night, every single night, instead of going to the Lord. It's from reading every single night. It could be from your yard. Bob Jones, he had a, a vision of heaven, and people were lined up, and they had their gods wrapped around them. People had sod wrapped around their bodies because they loved their yard more than they loved God. Anything that's before God is unholy. So it's a habitual seeking of God. Okay, and then I, where I'm getting a lot of this too is I, I had a dream in January when the Lord called me out of compromise in my own life. And I woke up saying, the highway of holiness, the highway of holiness, the highway of holiness. And I didn't even know what that meant at all. And I, look at, or I, I wake, wake myself up in the middle of the night and I typed it into my phone so I wouldn't forget. And, I, and I, there was one book by a guy named Walter Marshall in 1892 like, that I went and read and it was called The Highway of Holiness. And it talks about all of this. Um, holiness is attained by the life of faith in Christ. Yet we need... Yet the need and practice of attaining and promoting holiness is not made void in Christ, but rather established. The need and practice of attaining and promoting holiness is not made void in Christ, but rather established. We must beware lest we use grace as an opposition to holiness rather than its enabler. Many ignorant Christians use grace with great zeal and diligence to justify a life wasted. For a house divided cannot stand. How can we maintain the belief that our old state can coexist with our new state? The grace of God enables us to be holy as I am holy. Okay. I'm going to read a little bit here from Galatians 5. It's life by the Spirit. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. We're called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. You can't love your neighbor unless you love God well. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires are contrary to the Spirit. And the Spirit is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I really read over all those and I look at witchcraft and I go, oh yeah, that's against the Spirit. But the other stuff, oh, I'm not even going to think about that. I'm just going to do what I want to do. I mean, do we really think if idolatry is, is a sin, do we really think that our TV is different than the golden calf in any way? We spend more time before it than they'd spent before the golden calf. 
I mean, we have put up idols in our life in the place of God. (sighs) Holiness is the greatest commandment. It's a private seeking of God. It's the primary thing we have to do in our life. Jesus speaking to the, the, the Pharisees, Matthew 12, 34. You brood of vipers, how can you speak of good things when you are evil? <laughs> For out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. How can we go? How can we go preach the gospel when we are evil? Now, I know we've been made holy in Christ. I get that. And that gives our mind the ability to do it. We have to walk the walk. And I'm going to tell you, literally, the reason why people don't like Christians, people that aren't Christians, or the reason why they don't like them is because they are Christians right now most are poor representations of Jesus. I have been a poor representation of Jesus. You ask any unbeliever if they like Jesus or they like who Jesus was, and they will tell you, oh yeah, Jesus is great. It's Christians I have the problem with. Okay? I mean, if we will be transformed, and we will look like God. And if we look like God, people should want to be around us. This place should be overflowing. <sighs> If we're not preaching the good news, it's because our hearts are not filled with it. If you aren't denying your flesh privately and pouring out your love to God, then your heart will never become abundant in love towards God. See, God has love towards us. It's like an arrow coming down. We're supposed to have love towards God. And out of our love towards God, we become abundant. Okay. Okay, this is important too. So, a clean slate has been provided. I realized this not long ago when I actually started doing this. I tried to sell myself in my mind that everybody in America knows Jesus. Oh my gosh, it is not true. It is not true. They may know the name, and almost everybody you ask, if you ask them if if they believe in Jesus, they'll tell you yes, right? They'll tell you that, even though it's because their grandmother believed in Jesus. So they think that, they, that that's it. They've never really been introduced. They've never sought the Lord. They have no clue about anything in the Bible whatsoever. I was shocked when I started doing this, and I found out how many people literally do not know anything about Jesus or why he came. So I believe, and I was talking with some of the guys, we were at breakfast the other morning, that, that this Generation Z, these people that have come up, is a clean slate. They don't have a, a poor representation of God. They don't. They're not like their parents who have seen Christians not look like God and act like the world, be hypocrites. They literally, all we need to do is open our mouth and love people well. That's it. I just believe it's time. I believe it's literally been prepared for us. And guess what? There's a prophecy about a billion souls through the youth. The youth do not know anything about Jesus right now. Okay. Um... I love everybody in here, and I'm not trying to be a hypocrite because I'm, I'm working through all this myself, but I know it's truth, okay? Literally, I've been four months, and I'm not perfect in it still. There's times where I literally, I please my flesh and, you know, whatever, will do stuff that isn't seeking God every night. I'm not, it's not legalism. It's not legalism. It's relationship, right? But we actually have to have the relationship. Um, but... The foundation is in Jesus. If, if your journey in holiness is not rooted in Jesus, then you will walk in the flesh and see fleshly results. It has to be rooted in the fact that you've already been made holy. So therefore, you decide to walk holy. Okay. 
I wrote this down because I'm a recently new father. My, do- my oldest daughter is, well, she's my only daughter, but she's only two and a half. But it's like, you're going to laugh, but it's like your kid has a crappy, saggy diaper. Are you just going to leave your kid in that? I just, you wouldn't. That'd be cruel. You're going to change your kid's diaper. You're going to clean your kid up. I'm telling you right now, right now, God is cleaning the church. He's cleaning the threshing floor. He's cleaning us up so we'll look like him, so we'll go preach, so we will be, give money away, so we will love people more than we love our, our own flesh. So you are priests, you are children of God, you are a city on a hill, you are mighty men and women of God. You've been given the sword of the Spirit and you must carry it bloody every day. That's Richard Holcomb. Okay. So, how do you get out of a compromised life? There's five points. And you've got to do it. <laughs> but before I go there, I just want to say one other thing. If you think that, if, you, if your mind tries to trick you and say, let me wait on somebody else, you need to go sit in on one session with that guy. Go see the filth that he sees. You wouldn't believe the darkness that's right underneath your nose. And nothing will change because you won't. I will not wait another 40 years because we can miss it. I'm telling you, there's prophetic significance in this year and God wants to move and he wants to free people. He wants to free the children that have been abused by their parents. Oh, Matt's passionate about something. Oh, how great. Oh, Matt's this young guy with some zeal. That's for him. That's not for me. He had parents that taught him things. I don't care. What is your soul? filled with grace he's filled with love and he's filled with mercy but he is not okay with how we live today okay how to get out of a compromised life confess all known sin receiving forgiveness through jesus christ james 5 16 and first john 1 9 remove anything in your life that you have doubt or feel unsure about that is the most important one I had things in my life that I knew weren't necessarily sin, but I was compromised by them. I had doubt in my mind about them. And I struggled for like over a year with some of them. They weren't necessarily sin, but they were, they were allowed, but they, didn't, they weren't helpful, whatever that verse is. So 
So remove anything in your life that you have doubt about or feel unsure about. James 1, 6 through 8. Be ready to obey the Holy Spirit instantly. And slow obedience, as my friend Richie says, is disobedience. Romans 8, 14. Publicly confess the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Romans 10, 9. And 5. Seek God privately. Matthew 6, 5. 2 Chronicles 7.14, 1 Chronicles 16.11. I mean, we're going to have to decide, do we really believe or not? Because our deeds will tell us if we believe. Your deeds don't get you saved, but they will tell you and God if you really believed Him. Second Chronicles 7.14, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. I'm telling you, it's right there. If we will do it, if we will humble ourselves and not care what anybody thinks and go for it, I'm telling you, God is going to move in our life because it's a form of sacrifice. You're sacrificing your flesh and fire always falls on sacrifice. Okay. I want to do almost the, I just want to do a prayer, but I want to give people an opportunity because I do this with, I mean, I'm not kidding you guys. I literally, like, I, I literally, I went to, I'm just, this is off the cuff, but I'm just going to share it. But we're at breakfast the other day. Justin invited me. And we walk in, and I see these two young men in the back corner, and I thought, I want to go preach the gospel to them. But I've, this is, I've not lived here long. I don't know all of you pe- people really well, or maybe I knew you in the past, but I don't know you really well right now. And I didn't want to look like a tryhard. Okay, I didn't want to look like, oh, there's people, I'm going to go do this in front of these guys that are holy. So I just felt the Lord just say, it's okay, just wait. And I'm like, okay. So I wait, and when they start to walk out, I'm like, okay, I'll leave. These guys will think I'm on a phone call, and I'll go preach the gospel to these guys. Justin actually texted me because it took a while and said, were you raptured? (laughs) But I go out and I just said, hey. And the guy turns around and goes, hey. I said, man, I I just come out and say it. I'm just, I feel like the Lord is telling me to preach the gospel to you. Do you believe in Jesus? Oh, Jesus, yeah, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Okay. I said, okay. James, I think it's James 10, says, my sheep hear my voice. Do you hear the voice of God? No. Okay. Matthew 7 on that day, there will be all these people that did all these great things. They healed the sick in my name. They cast out demons in my name. They did all these great things in my name. And I will literally turn to them and say, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness, for I never knew you. It's about knowing God. You have to know him. And then I said, guys, I'm just going to give you the opportunity. You, can, you may be men in your physical bodies, but are you men in your spirit? And we're going to find out. You're either going to be a coward or a man in spirit. And I said, when's the last time you looked at pornography? Guy on my left said last night. Guy on my right said at 4 a.m. this morning. I'm not kidding you. People are addicted to this stuff. And you want to see children in 20 years, what's going to happen to a man that's been addicted to pornography for 20, 30, 40 years, how his brain will be transformed? Because his brain will be transformed. And you think his children are going to be protected? I'm telling you, what we do now has an effect on future generations. I'm going to tell you, 
before my dad was walking with the Lord, Richard Holcomb sought my dad out. My dad couldn't stand him. Thought he was a weirdo. Who's this guy trying to preach the gospel to me all the time? But Richard kept coming back, kept coming back, kept coming back. Could care less what people thought about him. Literally could care less. He saw no fruit in the moment. Maybe when I get he saw fruit, my dad came to the Lord, really. But I'll tell you, when I think of Richard, I weep. I love him. I want to be in his lap. And I tell him all the time, I think he's Moses in the flesh. Because he doesn't fear you. He goes. I am saved because of it. I know God because of his boldness. I'm the fruit of a life lived in boldness. I didn't always walk this way. A lot of my buddies over here know that. I'll tell you, they probably, they all know way too well. How long will he wait for his enemies to be made his footstool? How long? Because it says he waits for it. He could do it himself. Why is he waiting? Because he wants you to do it. Like, we have to go. It's pretty simple. Love God privately and it will happen publicly. And you'll be, people will think you're a weirdo. That's great. I mean, who cares? Okay, so I'm going to give you guys the same thing, and I just do it every time, that I, the same opportunity that I gave the guys at the restaurant. Okay, so if you're compromised by sin in your life, actually, let's pray. Close your eyes and open up your hands. Holy Spirit, I love you. Bring the conviction of God into this room right now, God. I just ask for you to put on their minds right now where they're compromised. Put it in their mind where they're compromised, God. What have they put before you, God? Put it in their minds so they know, Lord. Don't give them an excuse to walk away from it. Don't let them walk as long knowing the truth as I did without changing. Rip it out of them, God. (sighs) Come, Holy Spirit. Okay, if you are compromised in your life or you have doubt about something in your life or you have sin in your life or if you put anything before God, I want you to stand right now. When he was talking a little bit ago, <clears throat> I had this impression internally of a couple of angels on the right side and on the left, and like they were waiting for the word to be obedient. And I, and I really feel like we need to do an old-fashioned altar call, and because I, before the service started, I literally I saw people crying in repentance around the room, and we don't need to know all the details. But I want to ask a few people from the prayer teams to come up forward, and let's let's get real. You have to realize that if you let this moment pass, 
and you're under the conviction of the Holy Spirit right now, you're searing your conscience if you don't submit. And then it will make it easier to not submit the next time. And so it, 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 it may seem small to everybody else, but you know it's messing with your conscience. And so, man, I, I, I want to invite you all to come forward as, as Matt gets ready to, uh, to pray over us. But Let's have the prayer team come yeah. first. Okay. I just want to say while you're all standing there that I appreciate you allowing me to speak because it's amazing. The greatest thing about God is not the mountains He created. It's not the animals. It's not even... It, it's the fact that He can take filth. He can take something from filth and redeem it. And I've been redeemed by God. I was a filthy person. I knew nothing of the ways of God. All right, Lord Jesus, by the name and the power invested in me as a son of God seated in heaven with you, as a man redeemed, as a man that this revelation has been given to, I release it right now over every person. Holy Spirit, come. I say receive the Spirit of the Lord right now. Thank you for listening. For more messages and other resources, please subscribe to this podcast or go to our website at www.crosskingdom.org.